Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Less than a year to Election Day and Joe Biden is still the Democratic nominee with no real challengers except for that Dean guy from Minnesota and gravity, of course. But those things aside, he's got another problem. His own party does not want him to run. And his approval rating, well, it's as low as the kitty stairs he uses to board Air Force One. In fact, the latest Gallup poll has him sitting at 37%, which is the lowest at this point in the election cycle since Jimmy Carter in 1979. According to a recent ABC News poll, 76% of Americans believe the country is headed in the wrong direction, and yes, that includes Democrats. Still, some Democrat surrogates are trying to work some wizardry and make fetch happen. How, you ask? Well, by insulting the intelligence of their most loyal voting bloc. Take a listen. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to, to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when Trump was in office. But we've been trying to push back. We've got some very popular African-American artists that are out here saying things like, oh, I got checks when Trump was in office. I want those checks again, not mm -hmm. understanding that that really came from Congress. Mm -hmm. So we've got a couple of things, the perception issue. And then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works. Yeah, Democrat Representative Jasmine Crockett believes that Joe is losing support in the black community simply because those voters don't understand their own situation enough to know that their situation is actually great. Yeah, that must be it. Black voters who can't afford gas and groceries just don't understand how those things work. Well, count the rest of America in that group because we all, except for the illegals we are subsidizing, of course, fail to see how our lives have improved under the leadership of Brandon and numbers don't lie, folks. Both Donald Trump and George H.W. Bush had higher approval ratings one year out from Election Day, and neither got reelected. So, yeah, it's not looking so good. Even by New York Times' standards, Biden is in trouble. Donald Trump is actually leading Joe in five of six swing states. But before the mega fan club gets too excited about this, let me caution you. That same poll shows a generic Democrat beating Trump by eight points. More on that in just a moment. But here is another word of warning. That same New York Times Siena poll also shows that a Trump conviction, he's been indicted on four separate occasions so far, throws a mega-sized wrench in all of this too. Even against Biden, as it stands today, a convicted Trump would have very little chance or pathway to victory. So again, only Trumpers, cover your ears because you're not going to like this. If the Democrats run someone other than Joe, like, I don't know, this guy, we are in trouble. And even if they run Sleepy Joe, if Trump is convicted, we are also in trouble. Now, imagine if they run someone other than Joe and Trump is convicted. We have a snowball's chance in hell, and that's just the honest-to-God truth. So as much as you might want Trump and you love Trump, I get it. This blind allegiance to Trump and only Trump is a risky, risky bet. If only there was someone else, an alternative, hmm, 
Joining me now to break all of that down is conservative commentator John Cardillo. John, it's great to talk to you on the eve of yet another debate. Uh, I want to get into those poll numbers there because I see a lot of Republicans, a lot of Trump supporters gleefully celebrating on social media that it looks like Trump in a matchup today would beat Joe Biden. They've, they're forgetting the other half of that equation. What is your take and what should we be cautious in looking for a year out? Well, two quick points, Tommy. I could have written your opening monologue. We're incredibly like-minded on this. But more importantly, I want to know who these wealthy black celebrities are who got stimulus checks. These multimillionaires got stimulus checks. That's a problem to me. So down the road, we need to investigate this. Any celebrity who got a stimulus check. But back to the point at hand, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think these polls, see, I look at it a little bit differently. I'll be a little bit more uh, uh, dramatic about it. I think the mainstream media is walking many Republicans, especially the only Trumpers who now hate me. Many of them are my good friends. I mean, fortunately, there are still many rational people in the movement. and We joke about it offline, but I think they're walking many Republicans into a trap. Now, social media is not the real world, right? Most Republican voters are busy working people, men and women who are out there making a living, feeding their families, getting their kids to practice. They're not you, me our friends on social media, our friends in the media business and the political world who study this stuff night and day. Those people are by and large conservative. And that conservatism, what comes with it is a, a moral compass. They don't want their children emulating or looking up to somebody who's convicted of crime because they're not digging into the nuances. So I absolutely believe the data that uh, if, if a convicted Trump might lose in a 1984 Mondale-esque uh, 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 landslide, right? And, and the other problem is, like you said, I think they're considering swapping out Joe Biden. In the last two days, you had Bill Kristol talk about Biden stepping down and Obama's guy, Axelrod, one of Obama's inner circle, and I believe Obama and Susan Wrights are really calling the shots in the White House right now. Axelrod saying Biden should step down and doing it very cautiously. Well, the clock is ticking. Time is running out. If we're going to swap him out, we've got to do it now. It's late in the game. And I do think I agree with you as, as well on Newsom. I don't think it's Michelle Obama. She doesn't want it. She's too powerful behind the scenes with no accountability. But you bring a Gavin Newsom in against the Trump, especially if Trump is convicted, Newsom could win 40 something states. I mean, I mean, this is we're in a very bad spot right now. Right. I also think that the Democrats and their well-oiled machine would be able to convince Americans that things were bad under Biden because of Trump and also because of Biden. I think they'll have no problem throwing Joe Biden under the bus as if he is the only problem and not their policies. And then Gavin Newsom will be this fresh face to many. You know, I hear a lot of conservatives say, oh, there's no way Gavin Newsom could be elected. California's a mess. Nobody wants to California their America. And well, I agree with that sentiment. I don't agree that the American people know how bad California is. I think that we laugh about California on social media and in conservative circles, but a lot of Americans still think California is a great place. And they're going to hear Gavin Newsom say over and over again that they're the fifth largest economy in the world, that they're home to all those natural resources and all the academia. And I think that they will be convinced. Gavin Newsom is also a very, very charismatic person, whether you like him or not. And I think there's no doubt about it. He's getting ready to run, going to Israel, going to China, putting out constitutional amendments, putting out campaign style ads when he's not supposedly running for anything. He's one to certainly watch. And, and I really fear that a Donald Trump with all this baggage against a Gavin Newsom would be a bloodbath.
for yeah, Republicans. Look, yeah, absolutely. And, and Newsom is doing some strategically brilliant things. So a few weeks back or last month or so, he vetoed a pro-trans bill. But when I dug into that, it turned out it was it wasn't that he was vetoing a pro-trans bill. His allies in the legislature floated a redundant bill. The legislation was already in place. He vetoed it as a matter of redundancy. But what did the news cycle report? Well, Newsom's not that far left. He's a moderate. Look, he just vetoed a pro-trans bill. So I expect more of that. That what they'll do is they'll 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 uh, float redundant legislation. That would appear far left. That's already in place, uh, most of which he's signed. He'll veto it, and that'll dominate the news cycle. Newsom moving to the center right. Newsom moving to the center. He's vetoing all of this radically far left legislation. Look, America, he's not this crazy man. He's this really good looking family man who can sell it really well. And Tommy, you and I both know the game, right? The mainstream media is going to dominate the news cycle. The other thing the mainstream media is doing right now is they're inflating these Trump polls, waiting. They are waiting, waiting for the ambush the second Trump has a bad day in one of his criminal trials because they haven't started yet, right? And the other problem I have with Trump right now as a candidate, he's losing it in a civil trial where he doesn't even have to be present every day. This this mm -hmm. bogus civil trial in New York, it's horrible. It's, it's a, a scam. I can't stand what the judges are doing, but Trump can't hold it together. He's got to sit in four criminal trials, as you noted in your opening, in as many jurisdictions, two state, two federal. He has to be there every day, and they're going to paint him as the worst human being alive day in and day out. Knowing Trump's personality, he's not going to handle that well. And the media is going to pounce, and the news cycle 24-7 will be his mental state, his lack of fitness for office. And like you say, he's going to start sinking like a rock. And then they move in and Newsom. It's over. Democrats will never give us power back. This isn't about one election. They'll stack the Supreme Court. We will have institutional far left rule for generations in this country. That's why this election is so important. And that's yeah. why you and I are equally frustrated. I'm so frustrated that my friends on the conservative side, my, my fellow Trump supporters, I am so frustrated that they can't see this. It's like we hit a wall when we have a discussion and it's not... It's not coming at it like, I, I don't like Trump, I think Trump's a crook, that's not the case. It's me just saying, simply looking at the strategy here, his pathway to victory, though you see him leading against Sleepy Joe right now, is that's inflated, as you said, it's smoke and mirrors, and they just think that somehow the, the American people, because they've got rapper Sexy Red saying she likes Trump, that somehow you got Waka Flocka out leading Trump chants or a little pump, and they think that somehow that's going to translate into communities that have voted reliably Democrat for generations. And they think right. somehow this time is going to be different. 2020 was rigged, but 2024, there's going to be some kind of an uprising. It's nonsensical. It makes no sense. It, it defies every, every rule of political mathematics, probability, and statistics, Tommy. I see people, these only Trumpers, and many of them are anonymous bot accounts, pushing stats, and I want to bang my head against the wall. Oh, Trump's going to win 47% of the Hispanic vote and 20% of the black vote. That is never going to happen for any Republican in our lifetime. But they believe these numbers, and they're going to the polls believing these numbers, and it's very dangerous. The narrative the media has created, but as dangerous the narrative Trump surrogates have created in believing these numbers, because what these numbers are going to do, they're going to suppress turnout 
in the general election if Trump runs. They're going to believe if, if it's a you know blinding November snowstorm and you've got voters that only want to go on the on election day, say Trump's the nominee, they're going to sit home because they're going to say, oh, he's up by 16 points and he's mm-hmm. got 20% of blacks and 47% of Hispanics. I mean, the entire, when you look at this holistically, we have such a massive problem as a fragmented party. And like you say, there is no rationalizing with these people about Ron DeSantis, in this case, who I support, being the better candidate. And I'll just say this one last thing. I was viciously attacked, personally attacked, my family attacked by people I was friendly with in Trump world because I nearly changed my opinion on a candidate. Never mind that I was in the trenches with Trump for seven years, from 2016 to 2022, six years. The way these people have turned on so many of us that fought alongside Trump for so many years, it was stomach turning. Yeah, you know, it doesn't happen to me the the degree that it happens to you, but I still get it. If I say anything, if I say, hey, listen, guys, let's just look at this strategically. And if I even go further to say, why don't you like Ron DeSantis? And the only thing they can tell me is these talking points that they have been fed that, first of all, he's a traitor because he dared to run against Trump, one, that's the the main argument, because it doesn't really take a lot of backing to just say someone's a traitor. You can just call someone a name. But furthermore, what they say is, well, the rhinos are supporting him. He's being funded by the Bushes, and Paul Ryan likes him, so he must be bad. When you hear these talking points and you want to have a conversation with Trump supporters to try to debunk some of these things that they have really been conditioned to believe about Ron DeSantis, what do you tell them to maybe start to change their mind or at least somewhat accept reality? Well, I can tell you exactly what I tell them. So I had, I know Ron DeSantis, right? I I had this conversation with the governor a couple of months back and I was joking. We were at an event and I said, hey, what time are uh, Ryan and Rove getting here? And he starts laughing. He says, I've never met Coral Rove in my life that I remember. He said, I have not spoken to Paul Ryan since I left Congress in 2018. And the Jeb Bush thing is so preposterous, Tommy. He showed up at the inauguration because he's a former Republican governor of Florida. That's tradition. Other governors showed up as well. Rick Scott was tied up. He didn't make it out. but, But that is tradition. It was so preposterous. But DeSantis was laughing. He's like, Paul Ryan, I don't even know the guy. I worked with him, haven't spoken to the guy in five years, never met Karl Rove. Where did all this come from? So when I told them that, I got attacked. Oh, you and your closed door elitist meetings with Ron DeSantis. Was Ken Griffin there? Were the Koch brothers there? Were the Bushes there? I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. You can't get through to some of these people. The the elitism line that we're supposed to believe about Ron DeSantis really irks me when you've got You know, Donald Trump, I I don't knock him for his net worth. I'm happy that he's a billionaire. I'm happy that he has money. Always have been. I'm happy he's an entrepreneur. But to classify Ron DeSantis as an elitist over Donald Trump, who has a private plane and towers with his name on the side, that's an interesting argument to make when Ron DeSantis has been very middle class for all of his life, really. His whole life, I mean, the area he grew up in, Dunedin, Florida, is a solid American middle-class area, really nice area, you know, close to the west coast of Florida, really pretty, but not, you know, uh, uh, opulent wealth like Donald Trump is used to by any means. So you're right. It's it's a ridiculous line of attack. I want to go to another ridiculous line of attack. Um, I actually have to laugh when I see it, but this obsession with 
Ron DeSantis's boots and him wearing lifts or, or, you know, whatever it is. To be honest, Tom Cruise wears lifts. You know, do I care? (laughs) Am I going to go watch his movies? Sure. Do I care if he wears lifts in his shoes to make himself appear taller? No, I don't care. First of all, I don't think it's true. Second of all, I really don't care how tall my president is. And I also think it's really rich when Trump supporters attack Ron DeSantis for the supposed lifts in his boots, when Donald Trump at his, you know, mugshot said that he weighed 215 pounds. Like, I, 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 I mean, let's just be honest. It's so frustrating. But let's let's talk about the boots. It seems to be an obsession for for some on the right. Let's get into it. What are your thoughts on his boots? Have you studied them? Have you seen them? I, are they from Disney World? Listen, so I have quarter horses, right? I, I've got horses and uh, I ride quite a bit and I wear cowboy boots all the time just as as just basic part of my lifestyle. And what people don't understand this is why I laugh when they say they're America first. Right. And, you know, Texas, well, uh, uh, Tommy, and you spent a lot of time down in Florida. And I'm from the South people, Dakota, by the way, coming from a ranching know, family, very familiar with cowboys. So you know, you know. Right. OK, so here's the problem for most of these people. They love to say America first, America first. Yeah, we're going to wear our mossy oak. We're going to shoot in 2A. They're from New York and D.C., and they come hang out at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I've lived in Florida 20 years, all right? I lived in Fort Lauderdale. I lived in Brickell in Miami, and I'm in Palm Beach all the time. Those three counties are not representative of the rest of the state because where I keep my horses, where I trailer my horses, this might as well be Texas. 90% of the men wear cowboy boots. The area where Ron DeSantis grew up, that is pretty common footwear for men if they're not on the fishing boat or wearing sneakers in the gym. It's just a, a, a way of life and a style very common to that area of Florida. So that's why I laugh when I see these people and, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you guys with your fake mossy oak, you're like, might as well be British foppish dandies because you love your oak panel rooms in D.C. You go to Mar-a-Lago and you think, you know, Florida, you think, you know, America. It is so ridiculous. But as a guy who wears cowboy boots, I've been around Ron DeSantis countless times wearing them. I'm pretty confident there are no lifts in the boots he's because i've seen him in running shoes as well at the governor's mansion and there's not that much of a height disparity and who cares i mean my god who cares and then when they go after me for sweating at the debate stage it's like yeah yeah, i mean again i tweeted this out and the trump supporters hated this but and it's not for me it's not because i want to go after trump because it's not that it's just more like a hey you're taking cheap shots that are stupid i tweeted out the last debate when they were making fun of him for sweating and putting on makeup Donald Trump wears pounds of bronzer. So to Everybody make that, so to wear that make that attack if you're a Trump supporter and say, oh look, yeah. Ron DeSantis is getting makeup. Donald Trump wears more bronzer and spray tan than I do. I mean, let's see a pot calling the kettle black. It's just, it's not making sense. It's moronic. So when they brought up the height thing, I tweeted out a photo of Trump pinning the Medal of Honor or, or, or awarding the Medal of Honor to a Delta operator who was about five foot six. And the guy's a legend in the special operations community. My point was, are you going to tell me Donald Trump is a more ferocious operator than this guy because he's six inches taller? I mean, it's preposterous. It's so stupid, but it's also very telling. Look, take the Kim Reynolds endorsement in Iowa. They told us it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, she's a nobody. Nobody cares. And then Trump and his surrogates spent 24 now going on 48 hours abusing and attacking Kim Reynolds. I mean, if you're at 50 points ahead of a guy and if these endorsements are so irrelevant, you don't go down these baseless attack lines like height. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes that I think makes Team Trump very nervous. 
So last question for you. We are getting closer and closer to Iowa. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that DeSantis can take that state? Look, I think it's pretty good. You know, Kim Reynolds, I don't know her well, but I've gotten to know her a little bit. And she's a very smart woman, a very strategic woman, and knows Iowa really, really well. I mean, she probably knows it as well as the people like Steve Deese and the others who have been studying Iowa politics their entire professional lives, if not better than them, because she's won twice. She's beloved there. I can tell you that. I, you know, I, I know many people that are are uh, in the local county parties there and a couple of first responders there, right, haven't been law enforcement. And she's beloved. They love their governor. She's out on the campaign trail with the Santa. So I think he has a really good shot of winning that state. His, his operation there is second to none. Trump is insulting Iowans, insulting their governor, and has no ground game in the state. And my last point, Tommy, will be, again, if you're 50 points ahead, why are you spending $1.8 million attacking the guy that you're allegedly 50 points ahead of? It doesn't make any financial sense when you've got crippling legal bills. Right. Does, well, I think Iowa is anybody's game right now. Does Ron DeSantis need to win Iowa, in your opinion? Because a lot of other commentators say that that's kind of a need to win for him to show the strength of his campaign. And if he fails to win it, that that's going to be a major setback. Yeah, look, I think he needs to win. But I will say if he even if he came in second, but was close within like five points, that would be energizing as well. But I think a win would really start to turn some things around. I remember I was in January. The criminal trials are going to start. So a Ron DeSantis win and some indicators that one of the criminal I'm not saying I want to see Trump prosecuted. I do think right. these are sham prosecutions. I mean, that's my caveat. Yeah. But the trials exist. And I think a Ron DeSantis win in Iowa and some bad courtroom days for Trump and, and the primary is on its head. Right. Well, we're getting close now, a year out, I can't believe, till Election Day. Yeah. A lot of things going to happen in the next uh, several months. Uh, like I expect uh, Gavin Newsom to step up, step up to the plate. So we'll see if he's finally going to come out from behind the shadows there. John, I appreciate you as always for being honest. I know you take the hard hits on social media, but you're putting out the truth and you're putting out the facts as you see them and the reality as you see it. So I appreciate it. And uh, I'll have you back soon. We'll talk some more DeSantis Trump. Thanks, Tommy. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. A few pages of the manifesto belonging to the trans shooter who shot up and murdered six Christians at Covenant School here in Nashville has been reportedly leaked. And it's even darker, even more anti-white than we could have suspected. It's time for Final Thoughts. It's been nearly eight months, but at last, the manifesto belonging to the trans shooter, the one who shot up Covenant Christian School right here in Nashville and murdered six innocent Christians, including three children, was reportedly leaked earlier this week. Here's a refresher. 28-year-old transgender Aubrey Hale infiltrated the Covenant School on March 27th on a quest to slaughter innocent Christians. Her rampage came to an end after brave Metro Nashville officers took her down. We knew shortly after the massacre occurred that several journals belonging to the shooter were uncovered, but authorities and even lawsuits went to great lengths to keep them from the public. Why, you ask? Well, the contents, of course. So let's get into that content. The long-awaited and long-buried snippets from that manifesto expose a motivation and driving force behind the slaughter that is even darker than we've speculated. At least the pages that are now public, which so far no one has denied, are authentic. The scribbles titled Death Day discuss the trans shooter's desire to kill white people with white privileges. 
The shooter also gloats about being ready to kill and ready to die doing it. And those are just the parts I can read aloud to you on this platform. Let's be clear. These writings were never released by the authorities, as is typical for other manifestos, for manifestos written by the more advantageous to the narrative perpetrators. These three pages were leaked by conservative pundit and host Steven Crowder. We don't know who gave him these pages, but you know what? Thank goodness he has them. It's BS that these writings have been hidden for this long. The public deserves to know what motivates hate. And guess what sure as hell appeared to have motivated this shooter? Racism, all right, against white people. And guess what? The desire to gun down white people is indeed racism and is indeed a hate crime. Just not the racism that fits the less favorite narrative, which is why they don't want to talk about it. And isn't that sick? Sick that the left hoped this manifesto never saw the light of day. Why coddle racism? Why coddle anti-whiteness, bigotry, hate? That's a damn good question we will likely never get the answer to. But at least we here in Nashville have a small snippet of truth. And I have a feeling this is just the tip of the iceberg. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.